Hello, Ash Frith here, again, on my own. No two ways about it, Jussie P is very, very poorly. Uh, he sends his his sorries for not being uh, able to do the podcast again this week. Um, he has been a little bit more lively, uh, still completely unable to talk, but he can text. So I've had some texts, he's called me a few names, um, but he's he's had to cancel all of his gigs... Um, and everything he was doing and he's still really really not well so uh, hopefully he'll tell you all about it when he when he makes it through the other side but we just don't know when that's going to be he's doing okay Um, like I say hopefully there's some green shoots of recovery but uh, certainly nowhere near able to record yet so what I've done this week is um, I found two old recordings that were just a couple of weeks apart of me and Justin separately doing gigs uh, in 2013. Now, our material surely has changed since then, you'd hope. Uh, Our delivery certainly has. Uh, I enjoyed listening to them, in a way, and... uh, and hopefully there's nothing in there that is... I mean, it's a little bit bluer than maybe we would we would do now, maybe. Um, but uh, it's a little bit rougher around the edges, maybe, let's say. Um, hopefully there's enough in there for you to enjoy. I'm sorry that there isn't a regular podcast. I'm sorry if you're a Patreon subscriber that there there isn't yet the extra video content or extra podcast but that will all happen just as soon as Justin is back and fit and raring to go in fact I think we might have a video podcast that we can uh, we can get together and get up in the next few days hopefully um, all love to Justin and thank you so much for listening I'm just on my way as we speak to the other podcast that I'm currently recording with Matt Adlington which is called Soccer PM Extra Time which is for Radio Essex as I've said before download that even if you don't like football download it pop it in your old subscription list and that way Radio Essex um, employ me and Matt uh, to work on Saturdays on Radio Essex from 3 till 7 doing our new show Soccer PM it's not my new it's my new show it's not their new show it's been running for about a year but uh, it's big news for me uh, I'm on there every Saturday now and that's that's huge so thank you so much for, for subscribing to both podcasts. Thank you so much for all the support you've given us. Um, and please, why not at Justin Panks and let him know that you're thinking about him. All joking aside, he's been incredibly ill and uh, I think he really does appreciate it, even though he's got a hard sort of rhino skin exterior that would make you think he doesn't care. He really does. So get well soon, Justin. Pray for Justin and I uh, hope you enjoy the next uh few minutes 25 minutes or so of me and Justin doing some very very old stand-up let us know what you think about it um, at Pranks and Firth at Ashfrith at Justin Panks let us know what you think of our old stand-up be interesting to see whether you're uh, horribly offended by the things we said uh, thanks very much again see you soon so how are we all all right yeah. yeah, we're enjoying the winter. I'm a bit weird. I actually prefer this weather to the summer. Do you think that? Are you glad to see the back of that sun? No. <laughs> You're a weird Yank uh, American. And, uh... well, I've honestly thought that this summer this year we had was too. I think it's too hot and uncomfortable. The worst thing about summers in Britain is British people.
Like complete strangers feel the need to come up to you and tell you exactly how hot it is. They come up to you and say, it's like 17 degrees in my car this morning. Well, it's about 17 and a half now, it's going to be 19. Like, you think, what the fuck are you keeping a journal? Why do I need to know exactly how hot it is? I don't want it. I'm a very simple man and I've got a very simple rule of thumb. And that rule of thumb is, once my bollocks are stuck to my thigh, it's too hot. <laughs> simple as that. Yeah? If I go for a piss and I have to unstick my penis, like starting a roll of sellotape. <laughs> you can keep your fucking numbers, Carol Vorderman, and it's academic. <laughs> but it was hot this year, wasn't it? It was, and uh, I knew it was, because my bollocks were practically grafted to my thigh. And I thought, well, that's it, and it drew in, that's evidence of global warming. And I thought, well, maybe it's not, maybe it's not global warming. I thought, maybe there's another factor why my bollocks are stuck to my legs so much. And I realised that factor was, it's because we shave our balls now, don't we? Yeah, of course we do. We're expected to do it now, aren't we, mate? We've all got to shave up. I mean, my dad's generation never shaved their balls. They never have to borrow all that shit. I tell you, my dad, he's got a nutsack that looks like someone's rolled a wet tennis ball across a barbershop floor. <laughs> <laughs> but not now. You can't get away with that. You present a girl with that, you're down the fucking road, mate. It's game over. The only thing you've got to know, of course, is where to stop. Because the balls is a gateway shave, and I'll tell you my little what happened when I started. I thought I'm going to shave them, right? And the first time I shaved them, I was very tentative. 25 minutes I was in that shower with my Mac 3, like a little hairy brain surgeon. Do you know what I mean? Every nook and cranny. It took me ages. But I liked it. I kept it for about a month, six weeks. Then I got a bit cocky after that time. Then I progressed onto that move. I started doing that thing where you shave the horseshoe shape around the base. Trying to make your dick look bigger. You know this move? As they say, the first bite is with the eye. You only get one chance to make a first impression. So I carried on doing that. And then about a month later, disaster struck. I've had five or six tins of Stella, right? The big 500 mil cans, because I'm worth it. And I've gone in the bath and boom, I've shaved the lot off. Don't do it, boys. The man cannot get away with a full puke shave. And I'll tell you why. Women can. Women can get away with a full shave because they've got four areas of hair on their body. Women have got area one, the head, two, the armpits, three, the growler, four, the shins, right? <laughs> now, in between those areas of hair are big, vast expanses of no hair, big breaker zone, so you can lose one of those areas of hair, no problem. But I'm not a woman. I'm a man. I've only, I haven't got four areas of hair. I've only got three. I've got one, the head, two, the face, then the third area of hair pretty much goes from my neck to my ankles, right? <laughs> it's blanket coverage. So when you shave your pubes, where the fuck are you supposed to stop? I've got these all hairy thighs, I didn't want to go down there. I've got a hairy belly, I thought, fuck it, I ain't shaving that. I just had this little round bald patch in the middle. <laughs> it looked like a clearing in a forest where the natives erected a very strange statue. <laughs> so I panicked. I went laterally, I went coast to coast, I just shaved a strip. <laughs> that didn't work, because that basically meant that when I was naked, my body looked like a photo fit. Where someone described the perpetrator of a heinous crime as having the torso and legs of a Turkish diplomat and the cock and bollocks of a seven-year-old boy. So it didn't look as good as it sounds. But you've got to look after yourself. I'm getting old now. And I know I'm getting old now because I don't get young people. I don't get young people's fashions. Do you have hipsters in Cambridge? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is that about? I go to London to gig all the time and it's just ridiculous, isn't it? 
The idea of hipsterism seems to be to make yourself look as fucking ridiculous as well. They're the most eclectic shit. It's got to the point in London now, you can't tell who the fucking nutcases are anymore. Do you mean, I saw a girl in London, she had a pink tutu on, right, but these big thick, thick leggings and like cowboy boots. She had a vintage, undersized Barry Manilow t-shirt and a tattoo of a kitten on her throat. And you think, was she trendy or mentally fucking ill? What? What's her story? Do you mean, is she now on her way to DJ a set in Shoreditch? Or is she going home to smear shit over the walls of a flat in Croydon? What the fuck? I don't know what's worse, to be honest with you, but either way, best avoided. But I'm married. Do you married people in? Yeah. Yeah, I'm married and my wife's... Nah, she's let herself go. She's a bit... She is. I don't complain, though. And the reason I don't complain isn't because I'm a nice guy, because obviously I'm not. The reason I don't complain is because over the course of a relationship, on aggregate, I'm ahead. If you know what I mean. So when I first met my wife, she was a fox. Oh yeah, she was an absolute fox. Yeah, by fox, I mean she was ginger and always getting fucked behind the bins. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you one thing about my wife, and it's true now as it was the day when I met her. She's an absolute freak in bed. She's a freak in the old bedroom. Yeah, she sleeps with her eyes open. <laughs> you never get used to that shit, do you? Every time I wake up, it's true, my wife does sleep with her eyes open. And every time I wake up, it feels like I've been having a kip in a morgue. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> But when I said she was a freak in bed, you all thought I meant she had like an insatiable sexual appetite. But no, nothing could be further from the truth. Fucking, she's turned all that off, actually. Which don't bother me, we don't have sex anymore, but it doesn't bother me. Because I look at a lot of pornography. And I look at a lot of porn for two reasons, right? And those reasons are, one, I'm a man. Two, I've got the internet. So, that's what I say, anyway, if you tick those two boxes, you look at a lot of porn, there's no point to Every man in this room that's got the internet looks at a lot of porn. All men look at porn. Even men you don't want to think about looking at porn, look at porn. <laughs> men like your dads. And you're thinking, oh, no, 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 my dad, my dad don't look at porn. Oh, really? You think your dad doesn't look at pornography? Well, let's look at the evidence, shall we? Your dad doesn't shop online. Your dad doesn't bank online. Your dad hasn't even got a Facebook account. Yet every month he forks out fifteen ninety nine for the fastest broadband connection known to man. Why is that? I mean, you know what your dad's like, the tight old bastard. All he normally does is walk around the house turning lights off, turning the heating down. He watches one shit film, he threatens to cancel Sky, but fifteen ninety nine a month just so he can get three spam emails a week off a Nigerian prince. No. Your dad's rubbing himself raw every chance he gets. Now I can blame him, I don't see all the squeamishness about older men looking at porn, is earning is a man of the world. I tell you what worries me is the young men looking at porn. Do you know what I mean? These young fellas, that's gonna warp their fucking minds, isn't it? They've got an endless supply of like, just fucking graphic pornography. It's all free at their fingertips 24-7. And pornography is misogynist. It's misogynistic, isn't it? And some people say, no, it ain't, and they always give you the same argument. They will say, actually, it's one of the only industries where women get paid more than the men. And I think I should think they fucking do. Have you seen what them poor bitches have to do in these films? I mean, the blokes turn up and get the dicks up. The men are there turning the fucking women inside out half the time. <laughs> and even the standard porn's fucking misogynistic because it always ends in the same way, doesn't it? It always ends with that degrading act of personal vandalism. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Because at the end of every porn scene, the man will be having sex with a woman, and then he withdraws his penis, and he finishes off into her face. <laughs> what the fuck is that? How has that become the industry standard? It's disgusting. It's not even a sex act, is it? It's more like some kind of dirty protest. <laughs> yeah? And he was the fucking first bloke who ever tried that move. He was brave, wasn't he? 
How did that conversation go? Like, alright love, I was uh, thinking about trying something a bit different later on. In the bedroom, spice it up a bit, what do you reckon? She's like, oh yeah love, what you got in mind? Scented candles, <laughs> little bit of sensual massage. No, not quite. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of dumping a load of bollock yogurt in your face. I mean... <laughs> who the fuck would go along with that? And the really weird thing is, in porn, when a man does that on his face, she likes it, doesn't she? Have you noticed this? In porn, when a man comes on his face, she moans like she's having an orgasm. Because in real life, if you come on a woman's face, they just moan, don't they? They fucking do not like that at all. That's my experience. Especially if you get some in her eye. Oh, fuck me, you're never at the end of it. It's like, it burns, it burns. But like I said to you the other week, don't blame me, love. It's not my fault you sleep your eyes open. <laughs> That's the last ever bad cat. And uh, people always say to me, what's your favourite gig? And I always say, they're all shit. I don't like any of them. <laughs> but uh, I'm just a cunt. But uh, bad cat was all right. Come on, Pete Chase. Let's get Chase up. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> for the man, the myth. Big go for Jason Stan. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm not very sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough about him. Now, let's listen to me from the same time. All those years ago, with such fresh, fresh ideas. It's <laughs> in denial about being a train driver. Yeah, They're all train drivers. All train drivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ross, the comedian, said you've got an easy job. Did he? He don't know, does he? No, he hasn't got a clue. It's a terrible job. You've been on a train? Dreadful. Yes. Full of bell ends. Us coming back from gigs Friday night. Terrible place. Comedian, easiest job in the world, isn't it? Really? Yeah. No, you're in no place to judge these beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these people have to go to Stanford La Hope. I and yeah, just about Instagram. You're on Instagram. I think uh, that's the most pointless social media app in the world, isn't it? That is just people taking pictures of their dinner, basically. It's <laughs> Honestly, in the room, how many people? Show of hands. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't worry, gentlemen, it will be mainly the ladies. Uh, how many ladies in this room have ever taken a picture of their dinner? Yeah, yeah, okay. What was your name, madam? What's your name? Sarah. What was the last picture of your dinner that you took and who did you send it to? Went to a restaurant. What was it, do you remember? A prawn salad. A prawn salad. <laughs> <laughs> who did you send it to, Sarah? That's good. <laughs> Made an impression. <laughs> No one cares. That's the truth, isn't it? There has never... What's your name, mate? Dave. Dave. There has never been an impression, Sarah, right, where you've been sent that message, and Dave's been sitting at home at the computer, and he's gone, oh, little picture from uh, Sarah. What's this? Fucking hell! John! John! Get in here! John has come running in. What is it, Dave? What's wrong? Look, Sarah! She's had a prawn sandwich! <laughs> oh, thank fuck she took a picture of it! Because <laughs> I would never have believed her if she just told me. <laughs> prawn sandwich, you say? Jesus Christ. I, only think, I do think it's the most useless social media. I think we're, we, it's going downhill fast. I think we're only one social media app away from last night's dinner, thismorning.com. 
where it's just literally a picture of your prawn sandwich on the plate last night, and then just a horrible picture of it again the next day. That's the slippery slope we're on, that's all I'm saying. Give me a cheer, ladies and gentlemen, if you're having a drink tonight. Who whooped them? Was that you against Sarah? No, who whooped? There was a particularly vociferous lady who went, whoo! Ladies, give me a cheer if you're drinking tonight. Yeah! Who is that? I think we found out one club. What was your name, Adam? Don't point at her. I can see you've got. What's your name? Jane. Jane, what are you drinking, Jane? Red wine. Red wine on a Sunday night. Who could deny you that? Excellent stuff. I wonder. So at least you admit it, there's women in this room who are, my, my girlfriend's a denier, a drinker, she hasn't got a problem or anything, she just, she does, she'll come in, and I don't know if it's just my girlfriend or, or women in general, she'll come in, clearly drunk, and she'll just go, she'll stumble in, and I go, are you alright? She'll go, yeah. I'll say, you had a few. She'll go, no, me, Faye, and Amy just shared three bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, you've had a bottle of wine, haven't you? I can do, I can do the maths on that one. It's good like now this, I'm pleased because she's, she's quite a big drinker. Again, not got a problem, it's fine. Um, and she's actually, she's gone away on a girly holiday, a proper girls drinking holiday, you know, like the winter sun type thing. She's gone to uh, Tenerife uh, this week on Friday. And I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm happy for that. I'm not, I'm not the jealous type or anything, so I'm completely at ease with that. Um, and uh, it's just like, for some reason, this week has been getting to me. All week I was just thinking, I was getting paranoid. So on Thursday night, I actually said to her, you're not going to sleep with anyone while you're on holiday, are you? And she went, she went, Ash, that is the last thing I'll do. Which put my mind at ease. I dropped her off at the airport on Friday morning and off she went. And all weekend I've just been thinking, what she means that's the last thing in a long list of things she will do? <laughs> I don't to worry about. I'm glad she's abroad though. Listen, she does, she, she'll have a drink and she does, like, she's drinking in this country. It's normally if she's gone to like a festival or a concert or whatever. And I don't know if your girlfriends are the same, lads, or wives or whatever. My, my girlfriend will always phone me from a concert I decided not to go to. Midway through it, just so that I can hear... I fucking love you! Woo -woo! I don't know why she thinks that's acceptable. Genuinely, if I wanted to go and see Five in concert, I'd have gone in 1997. I definitely don't want to hear a poor audio quality version of them down my iPhone when I'm trying to watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> the other day she went to um, she went to Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, you know, in the South Bank in London. Anyone been to that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the ladies, the cultured ladies. She went to see a production of The Merchant of Venice. Right. At no point did she think it was acceptable for her to call me, hold out her phone, so I could hear. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you wrong us, do we not revenge? I fucking love you! Woo -woo! She knew that was wrong. She knew it was wrong. I think maybe, but she's a bit younger than me, so maybe it's just I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I know. I've got these boyish good looks, I know that, but I'm, I'm 35 now, which I think that's difficult. Have we got anyone in who's under 35, under 30? Got a few in, got a few in, I think. 35's the hardest age for me, because 35 is the first age I remember both my parents being. That is like a stake to your heart when you get to that point. Oh, I remember that birthday, Jesus. I've got like, the worst thing now, genuinely, for me is that, like sitting down to watch the telly, my idea of hell now is that I lower myself down and go, 
Ah, I've left the remote by the telly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're watching this. Yeah. Now we'll settle. We'll settle. Yeah, I know it's Hollyoaks. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I always thought, like, I used to think my dad used to sit through that shitty standards and stuff. Like, I thought, what are you doing that for, Dad, for the rest of your life? Turns out he just physically couldn't get up. <laughs> That's what it was. Well, what's your name, mate? There. Jack. How old are you, Jack? 21. 21. Look at you, handsome, burly son of a bitch. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> is this your girlfriend? It is, yeah. Girlfriend or fuck buddy, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you know. Yeah, she's my girlfriend for now, but who knows? I'm 21, who gives a fuck? How's it going for you, Jack? It... Going good, thank you. Do your knees hurt, Jack? No. Of course they fucking don't. What do you do for a living, Jack? No, Model. I'm just, just a handsome man. That's all I am. I'm 21, I don't do anything for a living, actually. Look at me. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not picking on you, Jack, I'm not, I'm just a bit jealous. I think the main thing, the main reason, I don't know if they're older guys, I want to point you, I said older guys, sorry. I don't know if they're older guys, it's like, I think I mainly, I miss, um, like, being tactile with my friends, because I'm trying to, I bet it's alright for you. You meet your mates, you still give them a hug, you say, alright mate, you give them a hug. You get into your 30s, you can't do that anymore, it's just weird. <laughs> so, I thought, what I've actually decided to do, I've actually, in my local area, I've set up uh, a thing I call Hug Club. And it's just for like-minded men of a similar age or older. Have you ever seen the film Fight Club? Yeah? We just meet up in disused car parks and abandoned shops. And we just hug it out. It's fine. But of course, you know, what is the first rule of Hug Club? No, it's no boners. That's weird. No rules. We'll talk about it as much as you like. It's difficult. It's like, I'm so 35. The other day I bought an electric blanket. <laughs> Never need. Have you got an electric blanket, Jack? You do! <laughs> wow, it's a slippery slope from that point on, Jack, believe me. Honestly, I bought one. I, my parents, I always had an electric blanket. I thought it was so they could like cuddle up of an evening. It's not. I bought an electric blanket so I could get my back warm enough and into a malleable enough state so I could physically get out of bed in the morning. So that's why I bought it. I think the worst thing though, the worst thing I've noticed since I've got into my sort of mid-30s, there is a font that no one under the age of like 30 ever sees. Jack, you will never have seen this font, right? I promise you. It's only written in one place and it's written below the price of things in Tesco and it just says the price of that unit per 100 grams. <laughs> I never needed to know that before in my life. What? What's that there for, Jack? I have no idea. I wish someone would tell me. Suddenly, I'm doing all of my shopping based on it, though. It's really, I went the other day, I went to buy shreddies, right? I went with my son to Tesco to buy shreddies. Do you have shreddies, Jack? Cool. What? Fucking idiot. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves shreddies, Jack. Moral. Um, I went out to my shreddies and I reached out for shreddies. As I reached out for them, my eye was pulled to the product next to them, like, like a tractor beam. And that product is called Tesco Wheaty Lattice Squares. Yeah, you've seen them. They look very similar to shreddies. They are packaged very similarly to shreddies, but they're not shreddies, ladies and gentlemen. However, they are 20p per 100 grams cheaper than shreddies. But suddenly I'm caught with a dilemma I've never faced before. It's like, what do I buy? All of a sudden, what do I buy? I was with my boy. I tried to convince him that Tesco Wheaty Lattice Squares tasted the same as Shreddies. 
They don't, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering. Tesco wheaty lattice squares taste like shit. <laughs> we bought three packets. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's horrible. Yeah, 35 is a... I, uh, I don't know. Just think maybe I'm coming to the end of it all. I, can't, I dread to think what I'm going to be like at 40. But I do this. This is a mental thing to do. This is, this is weird because, like, basically, I, I think the difference, my genuine belief is the difference between, uh, like, a stand-up comedian and uh, someone who doesn't do stand-up is that I have got a subconscious mind who is an idiot, a total dickhead, basically. All the things that your brains, if you don't do stand-up, tells you not to do, mine goes, yeah, go on. It makes me say and do ridiculous things at inappropriate times. And that's basically how I get material. And I, it's I just I'm doing it all of the time. I don't know why it's that you can't put a stop in it. I, I find myself lying to like I got I've, I'm in quite a new relationship. I started do men, women. Do you think that men are liars? Yeah, yeah. There's something. One person said, "Yeah, who was that over there?" Who said it very quickly. <laughs> Is that you sitting? You're the one sitting on your own. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, man? Sorry. Paula, how are you doing, Paula? What's the, what's the most common lie you've been told by a man? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm in the spot. I don't know. No? No? Well, you, you, I, you, I didn't put you on the spot. You said all men are liars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you looked at... Is this your husband, Melly? Yeah. Yeah? And um, you looked directly at him when I said, <laughs> what's the most common lie? Have you got one? What's the, any ladies got any common lies? I don't know. I think a common one is, uh, like, penis size, isn't it? Like, men will lie about that. What is the point of that? If the lie works, she's only going to be terribly disappointed, isn't she? Although, you know what? You don't have to lie about it. I've been with my girlfriend for a couple of years now. The other day, genuinely, she said to me, deeper, deeper. I thought, I don't know what you think I'm holding back. <laughs> I don't know whether she thinks I've got a couple of inches reeled in <laughs> that I'm saving for a rainy day. I don't know what more I can do. I think we are lies. I think that common lie, common lie that we tell, I said, uh, when we were just sort of starting going out, I said to my girlfriend, I'm going to make love to you all night long. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> I reckon I've got five minutes in me, full pelt, and then I'm just disappointing both of us and ruining the rest of the night. That's the truth. <laughs> Don't ah <are> that. <laughs> Don't need your pity. I do need your pity. <laughs> I um, I think I tried to keep up, Jack. I'm gonna. Um, how long have you two been together? About a year now. About a year. Oh, imagine, imagine what that's like. Do you? Uh, did you ever, Jack, send saucy, flirtatious text messages? <laughs> Sex once or twice. <laughs> sexting. They call it sexting. The kids now. I tried my hand at that. Not not any good at it. If you've got an iPhone and you're a little bit older, you don't quite know what you're doing. You've got to be very careful if you're doing a bit of sexting, ladies and gentlemen. Because an iPhone's got predictive text with a mind of its own. I wanted to send my girlfriend a sext telling her just how good I was at oral sex. What my iPhone changed it to was, I'm going to give your puppy such a kick in. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a horrible message to receive. <laughs> I think probably the, the biggest lie that men tell, really, really common lie, and women can tell me if this is true, is um, I've never had any complaints. Have we all heard that? <laughs> never had any complaints. I've never had any complaints. But that's only because there isn't a proper complaints procedure in place. 
I genuinely think if there was a sexual performance ombudsman, I would be in all sorts of trouble, honestly. I'd come home of an evening, try and open my front door. I wouldn't be able to because of all the letters of complaint I've received. Pick it up. Dear Mr. Frith, we have received numerous complaints about your sexual performance. And if you do not improve, you could find yourself facing sanctions. And if after six months this does not improve further still, you could find yourself completely removed from the sexual availability register altogether. <laughs> and I think, like, if there was a sexual performance ombudsman, does that mean that you have sort of certification? You know, at a restaurant, they have a star rating, rating one to five stars, don't they? And if you got that kind of certification, when would it be appropriate to show that? Like on a first date, would you slide your certificate across the table and just go, there we go? Three stars. I think you'll find I'm adequate. <laughs> and of course, you know, with a hygiene rating, of course, if you go below one or two stars, you can find yourself nowadays, can't you, on reality TV. It's all about reality TV. So you could find yourself on, uh, if you're in a restaurant, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, can't you? Well, if you drop below one or two stars on the sexual performance register, would you find yourself on Ramsey's Bedroom Nightmares? Where Gordon Ramsey comes to your house stands over you whilst you make love to your girlfriend, critiquing you, just going, what the fucking hell are you doing? You call that a penis? Push the specials! Push the specials! I don't know what the specials are, Gordon! No one told me what the specials were! Maybe not. Don't know. Terrible thing. Lies. Why are we such liars? I don't know. I think again, immaturity, immaturity. I think if you want to, have we got parents in here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Monday! <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, I think if you want to grow up, Jack, and I don't recommend doing it, um, because you know, you've got a lot, a lot of sex to be having, Jack, before you do this, but if you want to grow up, uh, have kids. That is a surefire way of forcing yourself to grow up. I've got a little boy. It's the most terrifying thing I have ever done in my life. Genuinely, I was putting him bed to bed the other day, and just as I was tucking him in, he looked me dead in the eyes, and he went, The darkness is coming, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how to deal with that. <laughs> I went, is it, mate? Good work. I went to leave the room. He hadn't finished. He looked me dead in the eyes, and he went, The darkness is coming, Daddy, and I'm the shadow talker. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I, thought, I went, oh, good. I tucked him in a little bit extra tight, make sure he couldn't get out. I backed out of the room, making sure he wasn't coming at me. I left all the lights on in the house. I went downstairs. I did a thing that the women in the room, you don't know that men do this, but if we were a bit scared, I had to close the lounge curtains. I didn't look outside as I did it, just in case there was the ghost of a Victorian child on the hedge. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Got to the point, about 11 o'clock at night, I couldn't sleep. I ended up phoning my mum, right? I'm 35 years old. I went, hello mum. Yeah, yeah, sorry it's late. Um, got a bit of bad news. Yeah, I think the boy might be possessed by the devil. She said, don't be ridiculous, sort your life out, get yourself to bed. So she's right, I thought, yeah, of course she is. And I went to bed and I fell asleep eventually. But then at three o'clock in the morning, I was awoken and I opened my eyes and his little face was just there, <laughs> almost touching mine. And he'd done that thing that only little kids can do, and he snuck into my room like a ninja. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen of South End, this is true, his head was on back to front. 
turns out he just put his pyjamas on the wrong way around. But Jesus Christ, I nearly sold the bed, honestly. <laughs>